we all use the term Christian from time to time, but, but what do we really mean? Is there a, a clear biblical answer to this question? Who is a Christian? Who is a Christian? So let's start with the word itself. When and where did the term Christian come into use? The Bible says this, the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. It's Acts 11.26b. So the term Christian did not arise in Jerusalem or Nazareth. It came about in a city far to the north, Antioch on the Orontes River, a city that lies in what is now southern Turkey. But what is a Christian? That is Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T plus I-A-N. Typically, the suffix E-N or I-A-N means either from or belonging to. So an Oregonian is someone from the state of Oregon. The word Christian takes the second meaning of E-N, which is belonging to. So Christians are those who belong to Jesus Christ. Pretty simple. Now, this is different from how the world defines a Christian. For example, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the definition of Christian is this, one who professes belief in the teachings of Jesus Christ. Now, with all due respect to both Merriam and Webster, this is not only false, it's ridiculous. Let's see why. So take politicians, for example. On the campaign trail, most will profess very loudly that they believe in honest government, good government, and they will loudly proclaim and profess that they themselves are honest, have integrity, and so on. So if we went by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, any politician who professes honesty would, in fact, be honest. But are most politicians honest? Not really. So the Bible makes it clear that it's not what you say, but what you actually do, what you actually believe. It's your actual belief that counts, not just words. Jesus therefore said to those Jews who had believed him, if you remain in my word, then you are truly my disciples. John 8, 31. And Paul wrote that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth one conf one's confession is made, resulting in salvation. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10, World English Bible. As our first point, a biblical answer to the question, who is a Christian, would be this. A Christian is someone who believes in Jesus Christ. Simple. Let's start with that. Professing belief in Jesus Christ is good and necessary, but actual belief must accompany that profession of faith, or it means no more than a politician's empty campaign promise about honesty. So how does Christian belief start? Do we wake up one morning and think, you know, honey, I'm going to start believing in Jesus today. Not how it works. Our belief in Christ does not originate in us at all. It comes from God. It is a gift from God, but also the gift of God, the gift of God within us. The Bible says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, 
that no one would boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. So we cannot and should not boast or feel pride in our belief for it comes from God as a gift, not from our own efforts. Now we all know that not everyone accepts the call of God. In fact, many of us, including me, fought his call for a time in our own lives. Nonetheless, a Christian certainly is someone who has been chosen by God to receive the call and also has accepted it. Jesus said this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. John 6, 44. God calls us first, draws us toward him, and assuming we accept the call, we can be saved. So a Christian certainly is someone who has heeded the call of God and accepted the gift of salvation. And that's the next element, the next benchmark in our quest to spell out what it means to be a Christian. A Christian has been called by God and has accepted the gift of salvation. So once we accept the gift, what comes next? Well, if you like football, and I like football. If you like football, you watch the games either on television or YouTube or in person. You follow a favorite team, getting to know the players and coaches. When they win, you're happy. And when your team loses, you're upset. In the same way, as we draw closer to Christ, we seek him out. We study his life and his teaching. We follow him. We think about him. We want to learn more to understand better. So if we believe in Jesus, then surely we'd spend time seeking him. By spending time with the Son of God in prayer, praise and worship music, reading the Bible, thinking on these things, meditation, we get to know him and to appreciate what he did for all of humanity and for us individually. So here's one more element of our biblical definition. A Christian spends time learning about Christ, following him, loving and obeying him. So if we accept the gift of salvation that Christ has made possible, then it sure makes sense to follow him, to follow Jesus, to love him and obey him as his disciples did. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 13, 35. So how do we demonstrate our love for him? Fortunately, Jesus spelled this out very clearly. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. Couldn't be plainer, could it? Now, before we go further, let's agree that I'm not perfect. Neither are you. We make mistakes. As a Christian, I have often failed to carry out the commands of Christ. We we have to struggle against our own human nature and, and learn to draw on the power of God to change that nature, to change our human nature and become more like Christ. Nonetheless, another biblical element has come into focus. A Christian keeps the commands of Christ. A Christian keeps the commands of Christ. So just as Jesus lived and died out of obedience to his Father, we too must put into practice the gospel message by following the commands of our Lord and Savior. But what are they? 
No? The two greatest are simple. Love God and love your neighbor. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. A second likewise is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. So anyone who knows Jesus, who loves him, follows him, and believes in him, would also seek to obey his commands. Love God, love your neighbor. But there's more. Jesus taught us to love everyone. God, family, friends, strangers, or even our enemies. Now, whoa, hold on a dang minute. What? Love my enemies? No, I can't do that. Well, yes, you can if you're a Christian. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who mistreat you and persecute you, that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. That's Matthew 5, 44 and 45. There's more, though. Not only did he command us to love our enemies, but he also told us to avoid judging others as we would avoid the bubonic plague. Now, the part about the plague may not be exactly biblical, but he did tell us not to judge others. He said, don't judge so that you won't be judged. For with whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with whatever measure you measure, it will be done unto you. It will be measured to you. That's Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Now that takes all the fun out of it, doesn't it? No judging. Love our enemies. <clears throat> so if you want to judge others to rant about their failings, you can but you were doing so in direct contradiction to what Jesus commanded. He gave an absolute prohibition against judging others unless we stand ready to be judged as harshly as we judge them. Now, Jesus did not say you could judge others if they're doing something you think is really bad. He made it clear that we're not to judge at all, ever. To be clear, this, this doesn't mean you can't seek to understand why someone did what they did. Just trying to understand, it's fine. And you can certainly disagree with something someone said or did. Perfectly fine. And, and while disagreeing poses no issues, no problems, being disagreeable does. When you move from disagreement to anger, name-calling, or worse, you're likely guilty of judging and condemning. Now, I have to confess that I spent years being judgmental about other people, it felt good, easy to do. Maybe you've judged others too. Whatever the case is, when we fail, that is when we do something against Jesus' commandments, we have to turn back to him and apologize. We pray, we seek guidance to be more like him and less like our old selves. And that leaves us to the final element of being a Christian. A Christian keeps growing in faith and obedience. In your faith, supply moral excellence, and in moral excellence, knowledge, and in knowledge, 
self-control. And in self-control, perseverance. And in perseverance, godliness. And finally, in godliness, brotherly affection. And in brotherly affection, love. That's 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 7. So knowing these things, we come to a crossroads. And we have to choose which way we'll live. Will we follow him? Will we follow Jesus or not? Will we grow in our faith and be obedient? Or will we stagnate? Jesus made it clear that there's no neutral ground. He said, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. That's Matthew 12, 30. So Jesus sits at the right hand of our Father in heaven, and he is working there for us, interceding on our behalf so that our faith will grow. He knows what's in our hearts, so no point in using empty words to try to fool him or persuade him. And when the roll is called up yonder, when the final trumpet peals, when Christ comes again, he will take his followers with them. Those who are called by his name, that is Christians, those belonging to him. And how will he identify Christians? By the t-shirt they wear or the, the cross they have around their neck? Or will he look deeper? Jesus does not ask us to be something we are not. He simply says, spend time following his words, his actions, and his commands. Don't worry or fret about how you compare to others. Just keep your eye on him. If your faith wanes or wobbles, you're not alone. Everyone, I have, you have, everyone has gone through spiritual downtimes. No matter what happens, just ask yourself, do I believe in Jesus? If the answer is yes, then thank God for calling you and offering the gift of salvation. To celebrate God's call, spend time learning about Jesus, following him, loving him, and obeying him. As you spend time with him, you'll become aware that he wants you to obey him and to keep his commands. And as you take the first baby steps in obeying his commands, you'll, you'll grow. You'll grow in your faith and in your obedience. And that's it, folks. To start this message, we ask one question. Who is a Christian? So say it with me. A Christian is someone who belongs to Jesus Christ. A Christian is someone who belongs to Jesus Christ. And yours in Christ, this is Kurt.